Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. If you suffer from something like anaphylaxis, if you if you are the opposite of throat goat and your throat closes <laughs> up <laughs> from contact, then you gotta be responsible. You're no Nancy Reagan. You gotta you gotta take your time <laughs> to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? Yep, 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 there it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove that, yes, Trey Songs invented sex, but more importantly, he invented sexual assault. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Trigger was at the forefront of both. He's too damn good at both of them, you know? He's good at sex, but the man is a master at rape, and we need to celebrate him for his work. That's the conspiracy theory I'm spreading. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always, coming in hot, baby, doing doing what I do. You know what the fuck it is. I This is the New York edition of the podcast. I'm, I'm in a... I'm in a what what was told to me is a one bedroom apartment in New York City. And what I can tell you is them niggas lied to me because a bedroom? No, sir. This <laughs> this is a uh, this is an open floor plan of of studio. You know what I mean? It's a studio with the taste with just a little extra, a little seasoning right on the side. But that's not that's not important. That doesn't affect the podcast at all. It really just places my temperament, I guess. It, it sort of gives you a sense if I'm a little spicy in the podcast today. Just know it's because I shit where I sleep now <laughs> uh, based on where I live. But that's that's not important because my guest today, I don't think she shits where she sleeps. I think she probably sleeps in a completely separate space from where she shits. And I bet they're both beautiful spaces. She's she's a hilarious comedian. She's a, a wonderful actress. You know her from from her work on Single Drunk Female, a show that is is still out. It's on Freeform. You can watch it on Hulu if you ain't uh, freeforming, but you, you still Hulu. And she <laughs> will also be on the season premiere of Barry, a show I love dearly. I can't wait for it to come out. I think it comes out in April. I don't know the specific date, but that's not my responsibility, you piece of shits. Don't worry about that. Just worry about who the guest is. She's so funny, so great. Please give it up for my guest, Miss Madison Shepard. Hi. Hello. Oh. Hey. Yeah. My gosh. Wow. I'm we like so, to make people feel welcome here. Listen, I mean, from your studio apartment to mine, I love it. Sure. Don't you say that. They said it's a one bedroom. Don't you take this away from me. <laughs> how are we? How How's everything? Are Are you well? I'm, I'm well. I'm, uh, you know, 
excited for all the stuff to come. I'm keeping a hopeful, manifested vibe, you know, yeah. just being positive about my life, you know, so oh, good. That yeah. doesn't sound uh, like the way I approach things, but I'm I'm excited <laughs> that that's you to each his own, I guess, if that's how you want to do it. I'm I'm more of a of a gun in my back pocket kind of man, you know, oh. at this point, I don't actually have one, oh, but okay. metaphorically speaking. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's not meander here. Let's not dilly dally. Right. Uh, as, as the, the streets would say, we have a really, I guess a, a good, I think it's going to be an exciting conversation to enter to enter into today because your conspiracy theory, you said, my mama told me. Black people are being targeted with an anti-vax propaganda. Yeah, it's Tell true. Tell me more. Well, I mean, probably the most, the biggest example of this is there was a film that came out last year about medical racism. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, supposed to be this like one hour free expose about how the medical institution is killing black people with not it doesn't blatantly say the covid vaccine but it is clearly about the covid vaccine and it's it's interesting because i i also you know i'm not on black twitter no more because i had a little issue with twitter and uh was busy wasting Uh-oh. my time. You know, I was like, listen, I was spending too much time. It was affecting my mental health. I was like, there are better. Let me go walk outside or pet a dog or anything but yeah. be on this cursed app. So I got Wait, off of Twitter. W- w- before before you go any further, you said you're not on Twitter anymore because you had an issue. Was this just a personal issue where you were like, I am not doing well with this? Or was it like, oh, they came for you in a way that you had to uh, to dismount from this space and never return to it? Unfortunately, that was never really my journey on Twitter. Like, I don't think anybody sure. fuck. I <laughs> I felt like I was on Twitter for seven years and I did all the things and then nothing happened on my Twitter. So I was like, maybe I give it up. You know, maybe it's like not for me. So unfortunately, nobody cares enough about me <laughs> to come for me. Damn. But I, it's a sad truth. And listen, that that sometimes can feel more heartbreaking than... Than if they say they want to kill you dead, you know? Right. Indifference is a bitch. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I was just like, what are you doing on Twitter? It's a waste of time. But anyways, you know, I, I'm on Black Internet. And there's, beyond this, like, film that circulated a lot last year, there's memes and uh, TikToks and all of this sort of propaganda that's, like, really leaning into Black people's in America's inherent distrust of the medical community, which is real, but using it in a way to dissuade Black people from getting the vaccine that they are, which will protect them from a virus, which they are disproportionately affected by, Mm -hmm. which is insane. But it's all comes from these like this group of like, basically they call it, I think it's like the Dirty Dozen is like the name for it, but it's the group of like 12 people who put out like 60 or 75 percent of all of the anti-vax misinformation in america so yeah we were we were targeted specifically (laughs) so i the film that you're referring to and this is i'm glad you're bringing it up so early in this but the the film that you're referring to came from former senator robert f kennedy jr the Son of of the Kennedy that everybody liked and the (laughs) nephew of the Kennedy that everybody uh, liked for a while. And then they killed him. I Mm -hmm. guess they killed both of them. But one they shot, uh, (laughs) I guess, cooler than the other one. Either way. One of them (laughs) fucked Marilyn Monroe. So, you know what I mean? Like, definitely. Yeah, they all. Look, the boys had fun and then they got taken out of here pretty quickly. But the point is that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I think, is much more of a wild conspiracy theorist and sort of a a person living in the outliers of the Democratic Party and not Mm -hmm. necessarily a, a welcomed voice. But he put together this film entitled Medical Racism, The New Apartheid, in which it did exactly what you were suggesting. It was meant to target black and brown people to get them to to see, to open their eyes to the possibility that, in fact, the vaccine was wrong and dangerous and meant to hurt them. 
Yeah. And I mean, that came out, I think it was last summer, you know, during that three weeks when we forgot about the freaking COVID virus. We was just out maskless, you know what I mean? Just living our lives in June. This is probably, I think it came out before the Delta variant really got us. But, you know, anecdotally, I worked during the pandemic when everything shut down. I didn't have a job. I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And I worked at uh, vaccine and testing sites in Los Angeles. And so I got to see firsthand directly from like specifically older black people Uh who would be there to take a relative to get the vaccine. And I'd be like, I can get you vaccinated right now. You just say the word. I'll make you an appointment. We'll like set it up. I have an extra shot right here for you. And they would literally be in the car holding the hand of their relative and say, no, I'm good. Damn. So that was before this documentary even came out. So I think it was that docu- quote documentary. Uh, I'm doing the finger quotation thing uh, for the listeners. <laughs> oh, no, they heard it. You can hear Listen. the finger quotes. We got silent mics on this podcast. So when Listen. you finger quote, it, it comes in hot. It's loud. It's, yeah. it's italicized. It's slanted. It's underlined. It's bolded documentary. So when this came out, like, I think it's just a, a kind of a, 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 a lar- part of a larger wave of stuff that was coming out right. about why the vaccine is anti-Black and we shouldn't get it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because so much of this propaganda, right, is... It it reminds me a lot. Maybe this is a good way of entering the what I'm trying to say. It reminds me a lot of when they told us that uh, that the Russians had hacked our elections. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That like yeah. they they said this thing where where for a while it felt like they had like literally gotten into our database and were changing the votes to to not be for Hillary and instead for Trump. And then after a while, it became clear. Oh, they didn't do nothing but get on Facebook and say some wild shit. Yeah. And then a bunch of us were already <laughs> toxic and sick and willing to play wild shit games. So mm-hmm. when they started talking, we were like, fuck yeah, I get down with this shit. So it wasn't <laughs> a, a hacking of our re- elections as much as it was them just starting a conversation and us being broken enough to continue it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean... The the vaccine, uh, you know, there's something like five billion people worldwide have gotten it. So, like, obviously, you know, anecdotally, most of us survived it and are doing fine and are triple vaxxed and all of that. But mm-hmm. there's still people who, you know, it's hard to change people's minds once they've emotionally connected with an idea or a belief. It's really hard. Like, even though. Like that whole stuff about the election, my mom still says wild tinfoil hat shit about the Russians' involvement in our election. Right. But she was the main one sharing shit on Facebook. I'm like, Mom, this isn't even a reputable source. Where Did you read the article? She's like, no, but the headline says it all. I'm like, well, you know, it's hard to it's hard to disengage uh, our our minds and hearts from a topic if we believe it to be true, you know? I think what makes now so difficult is that we are all trying to be a helpful resource to other people. Mm-hmm. Like in in I this is me trying to approach this I guess with less cynicism than I often approach a lot of things, but I do think that there's a a, a part of us that's at least trying to be a helpful resource where we go like I read this thing about the vaccine or about COVID or about like all of the shit and then I'm willing to go share that information with the world with the intent that like Mm -hmm. i want the people around me to also be awakened to that truth but then you you see what truth they're trying to awake us to and you're like bro that's that's dumb (laughs) it's not not real you didn't read like you can't awake i can't be awakened if you didn't read yeah, no. I mean, did, what's the name of that gal on TikTok who came up with that? Like, it's a it's an upside down triangle where it's like an, a conspiracy theory will keep you on the hook until it starts to get weird. And like everyone sort of has this breaking point, but some people never get off. And so then they just continue to go on this massive journey of disinformation because right. they're hooked. I mean, you know, it's wild. Yeah, it's. It's uh, it feels like this unbeatable game almost of like, 
it's it like you said, it's once you're on the hook, you can't fucking get off the hook. It it just it continues to latch onto in a way that, you know, you, I'm somebody you who gets off the hook quick. I'm like, you know what? This, this is a lot of work. At a certain point, I'm like, it's too much. I, listen, I was a B student and I don't need to like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. need to like stay involved <laughs> and do my own research. Shit, I don't have so many books I haven't read sitting on my nightstand right now. Why do I need to do my own research about something? It's like, ugh, I'm done. Yeah, and, and frankly, most of us were were B students and below. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason A students are A students, and it represents a, a type of exceptional care in reading and effort, or at least pretend learning the game enough to pretend mm-hmm. to do so. But it it's the reality is a lot of us probably couldn't do effective research even if we wanted to, and to pretend mm-hmm. like suddenly at 38 you've mm-hmm. like. You've nailed down how to to break break down a peer reviewed article. You're full of shit. You you don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, listen. Even in like, I was just like, let me go to the CDC website just to like look at an article or two before I come in and speak on this like topic with you. And like, I started scrolling and I was like, well, where are the picture graphs? I mean, yeah, just give me the highlights. I was like, two paragraphs in, and I was like, well. I got to find another source because I'm not reading this shit right now. No, I feel the exact same way. I'm I'm literally uh, attempting to make sense of an article as we speak, just to be able to to use some of that resource when we talk about the research and shit. Mm -hmm. And a whole lot of it would be made easier if there was like a a thumb (laughs) that, you know, or like one of the pictures where it's like filling up to the brim and you just look at the number on the brim and you're like, oh, okay, I understand this. But it's all these lofty words and and, and medical terms that I'm not familiar with. So the article's not going to make sense to me. I immediately get lost when it's too many percentages and then like long scientific words that I don't know. And I'm like, well... I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. What fucks me up is when they do percentages, uh, like they'll say like this group represented this percentage of this thing. And then afterwards, they'll say what sounds like very similar language and give you a different percentage. And then mm-hmm. I go, all right, well, which one is the percent I was looking for for what I need? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I don't know how to always parse out the difference in terms of like what these numbers represent. And that truly is the reason people go to school is yeah. to be able to like differentiate between what things mean. And I didn't do that. I went to school for fucking poetry. I have no clue what any of this is. <laughs> yeah, I dropped out of acting school. So, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, uh, same boat different track. Hey, but you're you're doing it now, huh? Look at look, look at you. At. A whole bunch of uh fucking idiots probably stayed in school and and aren't on TV shows. Idiots. Right. People who fucking <laughs> took math beyond geometry. Good for them, I guess. Yeah. No. You should you guys should feel stupid. Yeah, dummies. Madison said, <laughs> "Sucker dick, you dumb dumbs." Okay. So you're you're clearly not on board with, or at least from what I'm gathering, you're not an anti-vaxxer. You're not a person on board with uh, any of what this this propaganda is asking us to believe. I guess the question I want to ask you before we go to break mm-hmm. is: Do you feel, uh, and I'm specifically asking this from, uh, I guess, a black perspective, whatever that means, but do you feel like you at least? understand or or connect with why this anti-vax propaganda matters so much to the black community. I mean, again, just an anecdote here, but when I was working at the vaccine site, when when I found out in November that there would be a vaccine coming and that we because we were working what well, was testing at the time, but we were working in testing and vaccines that we would be first on the list to get the vaccine. Initially, I was like looking around at other black people at the site, like, we're not going to do this, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> y'all go ahead. Y'all first. Go ahead. Right. I'll, I'll catch up with you later. Like, uh, I don't think that's not for me. And then came January 1 and they were like, um, so who wants to get the vaccine? And I raised my hand first. Shockingly. Oh, you sell out. Be- <laughs> Let me tell you, not of the people, you know what I mean? And not only that, but I looked to other black people and I was like, you have to get it. 
You know what I mean? You have to get it. Like, we're getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand why people have been unsure of getting it, but just due to the history and all that. But, like, frankly, like, people are smarter than me, and I just got to listen to, like, the scientists and, you know. Yeah. Really helps, I, you know. I think that's um that's similar to how I sort of approached it. I, I didn't want to be first in line by any means, and I, like had a lot of uh, hesitancy that you can probably even track in the communication on this podcast. There was points <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not saying don't do it, but <laughs> take your time. Uh, yeah. But then it it reached a point where it was like, oh, I really want to go back outside. And I think yeah. this is how I do it. So I'm, a, I'm willing to get the shot because whatever, especially the fear, like I think I, I relate most with the fear that the government has obviously demonstrated a a very intentional history of poisoning mm-hmm. black people and other types of people of color over mm-hmm. the course of centuries. Right. That like literally if you look throughout like the type of shit shit that they've done, Puerto Rico is the great example. Like literally they have they have made it so that uh, infertility in Puerto Rico is like the the largest in any country in the world because of and I know Puerto Rico is not technically a but the point is I'm with that, you I'm with you <laughs> that that territory is so fucked up because of intentional work that the government was doing to basically make women infertile like it is not we we would be remiss I guess to to pretend as if like the government doesn't have ill will at times towards people of color or poor yeah. people or whatever it is that said if that's the fear I can respect it let's negotiate let's figure out an answer Answer. But if the fear is that these motherfuckers are microchipping me or that like they're, yeah. this is going to be a way that they're going to track my movements, mm-hmm. go ahead, dog. I'm just I'm just going to bed at around 930 to 1030 yep. every day. You're not getting anything special out of me. I'm yeah. not tripping about that shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Damn. For sure. Yeah, I oof. Yeah. So that's I get it. I was hesitant. But you found your way to the other side of it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they are microchipping us and they're they're real disappointed with what they're finding and they'll just shut the chips down. You know, you know, I'll be honest, the real microchip is already in your hand. You know, uh, it's already you already got it. They're already tracking you. Forget Uh-oh, wait it. a minute. So that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Sweetie, if the government wants to find your ass. They gonna find you. They gonna find Trust you. on it, and it's not because they they stuck a you know five milliliters or not even milliliters, whatever. They stuck a percentage of a syringe in your arm. It's not because of that. Yeah, yeah. I for some reason, five milliliters in my head sounded like liters and not milliliters. You know what I mean? And well, I was I, like, God damn, we got five liters of vaccine. <laughs> That will kill us. That is why everybody's so concerned with what this is. You know what? I started to say the the number of what I tried to remember it was, but then I was like, "Bitch, you you barely made it through earth science. Come on now." Back, yeah, you back don't know what you're talking the, about, and that's I okay. I'm done. It's okay. <laughs> we're all thriving as best we can. We're okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more Madison Shepherd and more. My mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. Yeah, we're back in with more Madison Shepard, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about the possibility that Black people are being intentionally targeted by propaganda, uh, anti-vax propaganda. Let let me ask you this question. Do you think that Black people are similarly being targeted by, like, uh, vaccine propaganda? Are they, like, making some weird extra effort with us on that side of things? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I don't know if you remember last year. I, I don't see it as much this year, but, you know, they always have like some medical. It's a public health commercial or it's a commercial for a cell phone or it's a com- and it's always like, hey, y'all, let me tell you about the new 2022 Mitsubishi <laughs> Galant. I can't even say the word, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's always it's but there was so many weird vaccine commercials telling black people and i was like this is never gonna work you know what i mean yeah there there were weird i i agree there were some pretty odd ones i feel like and i i truly don't remember it well enough to even be able to articulate it fairly but i do remember watching a commercial that essentially had the feeling of a dude being like what's up niggas oh (laughs) oh me and the me and the squad is doing is getting vaccinated (laughs) out here if you ain't vaccinated, you can't get down with our crew. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Ain't nobody talking like this. This isn't a real human being that you like found. This is truly the most hateful stereotype you could come up with for what you think black people need to be persuaded into joining yeah. the, the vaccinated camp. And because I'm a black woman, all the odds were like, I'm getting vaccinated for my family as a hardworking black woman, single black woman out here in these streets, you know, yeah. but girl, do it for your family. And I was like, but I have two dogs. Like I have the opposite of that. You yeah, know I, mean? I ain't got no family. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah. My dog ain't going to get sick. I have my dogs and my white mom. That's it. You know? Yeah, there are like three dogs in history that got COVID and they were all they're fine. Nobody. You know what I mean? They did all that shit where they were like telling us, oh, no, Chim Chim at the the uh, zoo got COVID and Chim Chim was fucking OK. Everybody yeah. was was perfectly fine when everything was said and done. I mean, this has been a traumatic experience overall, so it's hard to remember, remember all the details of it. But do you remember how like some exotic animals were getting vaccinated before people were? No, absolutely. Like lions tigers bears type of shit yeah no they were real concerned with making sure that uh these animals that they've been keeping in captivity against their will right for for, for decades for a profit yeah <laughs> remain uh profitable mm-hmm. whereas human life was eh, not a priority yeah all right we're we're getting we're getting sad we're getting morbid <laughs> we're uh 
were accusing them of treating black people worse than animals. And I think some of those accusations are fair. But what we need to do is jump into a little bit of this research. So one of the things that I found that I that I guess was most surprising for me was how efficient some of the propaganda actually is. Right. That like, again, so many of the things that they talk about in terms of propaganda feel like they would easily be sort of dismissed that like I. I, as a, a reasonable person or you as a reasonable person, can look at this and go, I I see the trick in this. I know how commercials work. I know the things that you're saying are not necessarily true. But as it turns out, I read this article that suggested that two-thirds of the anti-vax material that we see on the Internet can actually be traced back to just 12 influencers slash accounts. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Yeah, that's the dirty dozen. (laughs) Yeah, just 12 people are like fully controlling the the masses on the Internet. And that's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? Listen, I mean, I also have to monitor my TikTok usage because they just (laughs) recommend me shit to buy on Amazon all day long. So if I was just like a little more gullible, you know what I mean? Less reasonable than I am. I yeah. could have gotten got. I get it. I I almost bought a broom that has a vacuum on it, a dustpan and a vacuum. Wow. Why? Because TikTok told me to. You see what I mean? Yeah. And, I could have not and, gotten the vaccine. And <laughs> the, the vacuums have been uh, technology that's existed for for a long, long time now. And I think they haven't improved that much because we did the best we could with them the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be attaching all that shit to it because it's not going to work. Right, exactly. And you would have just fell for the ruse. Listen. Because TikTok told you so. They had a cute sound and it was all aesthetic. So, yeah, of course. I'm not shocked. That's that's true. Damn. Okay. So what what I guess surprised me the most with these 12 influencers slash accounts is that the material just seems to be amplified and spread through our own algorithms, right? That like, Mm -hmm. essentially it's, I decide I'm going to post some anti-vax shit. And then you and your, your, your friends, your, your cohort, whatever it is, then take that information and make it hella loud for your communities. And then that community makes it truly a pyramid scheme of bad ideas, right? Yeah. And on top of that, the, the sites that are claiming to crack down on this stuff, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks, all the places that have uh, poisoned your life. Yeah. Well, Twitter. I skipped over Twitter. The well, Twitter I mean, was the one you know, that hurt you the most, it sounds like. Yeah, well, it just hurt my ego, but it's all right. Yeah, I'll all make right. it. <laughs> but, but they claim to be cracking down on sort of like this irresponsible uh, language or ideas or whatever it is, but the, the ultimate... Reality is that these sites cannot exist without clicks and without views. And if you take away this powerful deity-like uh, group of influencers, suddenly you're losing viewership. You're losing opportunities for clicks and for sales and for vacuums to be pushed down the throats of the people who want them. And so subsequently right. they leave these accounts up and the accounts continue to do exactly what the fuck they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I guess my question for you is, is there anything you think we can do about this? I mean, di- divest. Get off of it. Like, mm. please. <laughs> I mean, I, and maybe it's because I'm I was look, I might be an outlier here, but I could I deleted Facebook. I deleted Twitter. I sometimes get on TikTok, but not really. I archived most of my Instagram. I'm just like, you don't have to spend so much time on social media mm-hmm. you know like it's okay to put a block on it to take off the app to because i don't know of another way to stop it right like there it, there doesn't appear to me to be a way to stop the algorithm from for better or for worse doing its thing for good and for bad right so it's like how about i just live my life and like get my news and all of that than the old fashioned way, you know, <laughs> visiting Google, which is also an algorithm, which is specifically tailored to me in my interest. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going back on what I just said, but no, but you, I think you're making a really, I guess, fair and important point here because 
one of the things that it made me think about is how often, because if it's 12 influencers, that tells you that not as many people as we think actually believe in the shit that's being said, right? That it truly is just a person says a thing and then it then gets spread out by a bunch of people who probably don't even believe it necessarily Mm -hmm. or care about the shit, but are right. willing to kind of invest in the the antics of the moment, right? But part of the people investing in it aren't just people who believe it, but are in fact people who don't believe in it. And they're some of the worst spreaders of the yeah. misinformation. Because you see somebody say some wild shit, then you screenshot it and you dunk on them. You go on the internet and you go, look at this dumb motherfucker. I can't believe anybody Mm -hmm. would be this stupid. And in doing that, you're creating dialogue around their stupidity, even if your intention was just to make them look less than. Right. And that works until it doesn't. At a certain point, when people shit on things too much, at least for me, I can say, I go, well, now, wait a minute. Why is everybody shitting on this so bad? Let mm-hmm. me go investigate myself. <laughs> and suddenly I'm clicking on their shit. I'm scrolling through the comments. I'm liking, I'm like reporting, you know, I'm, I'm engaged in it in a way that's like, it doesn't serve me. And it also doesn't serve my like point of view. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything for my real life. So yeah, I mean, just there, listen, there's always something you can be doing. Is your laundry folded? Is your floors clean? Have you read a book? Have you called an old friend? Have you yeah. written anything or thought hard about like, have you baked a cake? What there's shit in your life you can do other than scroll. Get off. And the I'll internet. be honest, I haven't done any of the things you just listed and I feel <laughs> terribly ashamed. But I, I do think that that at its core, that point is very, very real and true and needs to be considered as we approach all of this shit that like the reality is, is that like we don't have nearly as much control as we think we do. When the bagel boss bugged the fuck out in that restaurant and he was cussing the dude out and he was a little fellow and we all laughed at how little he was and stupid Mm -hmm. he was, he capitalized on that. Yeah. He then went on to become like, he made money. Off mm-hmm. of being a piece of shit in a bagel restaurant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not something that was our intention, nor is it something we can control. It just is. Yeah. And so until we reach a point where we can just look at this shit and go, I'm not going to engage with that. I'm just going to let that that die off the way it's supposed to. Yeah. We're, we're always going to be victims of the algorithm. Right. I mean, there is something to, I'm, there's like a saying for this, but, you know, whatever you put your attention to, it like spotlights it, right? And makes it amplifies kind of, even if it's not what you are into or what you believe, like turn the spotlight of your intention, attention and intention somewhere else, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's smart. I think that's fair. And it's always easy to do, but (laughs) no, it's, it's truly one of the hardest things in the world right now to like put your phone down and, and not, not be a part of whatever social media is telling you you need to be a part of. Like, I think so much of our our human worth, unfortunately, has been deeply tethered to our our numbers and identity online. And mm-hmm. it it feels insane to be the one person who's choosing not to be a part of that stuff. But at the same time, I do think it's until we can collectively find a way to step outside of that, we're not ever going to reach uh, uh, the happiness we were aiming for. Yeah. One of the things that this reminds me of, because you brought this up earlier, this medical racism in the new apartheid, that that film that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is working on, or worked on rather, and uh, super effective for black people. Oh, I all the black people I know are constantly talking about medical racism, the new apartheid. It, it's it's all over the streets and 106 and Park. They play that at the end of all the videos, uh, medical apartheid. It's it's killing it out there. But the point is, <laughs> one of the things that that they talk about in sort of like the creation of this thing, right, is the sort of like intentional strategy that they even used when it came to building the information that like. Part of the strategy he and his team were employing is talking to reputable black educators and experts and having them talk through their own personal fears 
and the history of mistreatment by the American government as it relates to like vaccines in the previous generations. And then they're applying that logic to contemporary conversations unbeknownst to the people they're speaking with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of uh, there was like one lady in particular who sat down, did the interview. Vaccines never came up. They didn't even use the word vaccine. It was not a thing. They just talked about the history of the me- of the medical community abusing people of color. And yes. <laughs> she didn't even realize until after the interview was done when she asked, who else are you interviewing? And they couldn't give her names that maybe something was up, you know? Yeah, it's they truly like did a, a little like switcheroo on her, yeah. a little white devil bait and switch. Mm-hmm. And they they went, you know, eh, we're we're just we just want to know your thoughts as a historian and as this intellectual about all of this stuff. And then afterwards they were like, Gotcha, bitch. You work yeah. for the, the <laughs> you work for the, <laughs> the QAnon crazies, you yeah. stupid ass. And <laughs> and now that's where she's at. Is just a lady who has to go to now real news sources and be like, hey, y'all, they tricked me. I don't want you to think <laughs> I don't want you to think this is what I'm into personally. But but amazing that she had to go on a, an apology tour for being misled by the producers of this documentary who were trying to mislead the public, you know? Yeah. I mean, and part of it is like it it just shows you how easily we can all find ourselves being manipulated. This isn't an unintelligent person, right? Mm -hmm. She's not a dumb lady, but she's being placed in circumstances where it feels like you're doing the right thing by sharing your thoughts on this. And then however you share it, even if it is real information, can easily be manipulated into other stuff. I remember years ago, my wife and I, this is before we were married, we were like walking in Hollywood and we passed uh, a place called Museum of the Museum of of Psychology and Death. I know it well. You know the Museum of Psychology I know and Death. Yeah. So yeah. for those of you that don't know, uh, the Museum of Psychology and Death is like a really interesting hooky type name. That's uh, it's a museum right next to Chick Fil A out in 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 the heart of West Hollywood. And we were mm-hmm. walking and we we're like, holy shit, that seems like an interesting place. We'll go in there and we'll check out what they got it they got going on. And I think oh, it's no. free. You can it just walk free. in and it's a yeah. free museum. And when you're walking in, that begins by telling you all the fucked up shit that that psychology and sort of like uh, uh the government has sort of done to manipulate and hurt people, specifically like disadvantaged people throughout history. And you see little babies in cages and people being stuffed with electrodes, just electrodes up their butt and electrocuted Dang. till they are less. They talk about people's butts? That's Yeah, they wild. go up the butts in, in, the, in my story. Uh, <laughs> they're doing all kinds of wild shit. And you're like, damn, this is a crazy museum. I never knew about none of this stuff. And then at some point in the museum, you get to a room where they're like, also, you shouldn't take medicine. And you're like, yo, when this flip? And they're like, yeah, don't give your kids medicine either because medicine's bad for you. And then by the end of it, you realize, holy shit, this is a Scientology museum Mm -hmm. the entire time. It's all just propaganda for for Scientology. And then at the end, there's just a dude with a clipboard being like, can I have your name? And you got to be like, no, 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 I don't want to give you my name. And you run out of there and you don't buy nothing from the gift store and you just fucking beat it. But it's it's that right that like some of what they're saying wasn't untrue, but what they want you to gain from it is wrong and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place is. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I have a natural distrust of anything that looks too organized. Like I, I guess because like I, you know, I I went to high school here in Los Angeles, so I mm. basically grew up here. So. For me, I've been ducking and dodging the Scientologists for damn near 20 years now. So I was well aware that like what that museum was, because I remember like walking past it as a young person. But to the layman who maybe has never encountered Scientology propaganda before, they would be like, like you walking like, oh shit this because they also have a museum of death in hollywood they have a museum of sex they have yeah. ripley's believe it or not you're like oh shit this is just like a little offbeat weird museum let me check it out 
and then it's just straight up propaganda. Wild. Yeah, and and frankly, the Museum of Death isn't is uh, not what they promise either. It's just a room <laughs> full of stuff that they've purchased from serial killers. Yeah, on eBay. which is strange. Yeah, which it's just strange. like here's the toothbrush Jeffrey Dahmer used after he ate all those babies, and it's like, God damn, I don't think that this is as much a Museum of Death as it is like some dude's fetish that he's like put right. on display for all to enjoy. Right. It's very strange. Yeah, it's it's all scary and haunting, and it's it's hard to know what's what. And to your point, and I do think this is a great point for us to leave on before break. It, I think the biggest point that I can I and I hope we can all pull from this is the only way we can effectively not get duped by anti-vax or Scientology or <laughs> any other kind of bullshit. Or the keto is, is, propaganda machine. Yes. <laughs> keto, whatever it is, <laughs> it's the only way that we can avoid it is to just pull ourselves out of the game mm-hmm. more than to keep thinking we can outsmart the game. The house always wins. This casino ain't going to stop getting its guap. So just leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Madison Shepherd, more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. And we are back. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, we're back here with more Madison Shepherd. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that we're getting we're getting bamboozled. The black people are being bamboozled by by these anti-vax propagandists. These people who want us to not get vaccinated. You you worked in the vaccine space. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, what was the main reason these older black people, sounds like particularly older black people were the main ones being like, no, nah, not going to do it. 
Uh, what was the main reason they gave you for why they were like, nah, I'm straight on this vaccine shit? I don't know if you ever tried to press up an older black person for something that they don't want to give you, like some information mm. about themselves, especially when yeah. you're like, you know, in a position of kind of assumed power. They're not going to fucking, they're, they're not going to tell you shit. No, they are not. All I got was like, are you sure? Like, we could talk about it. I have a, a medical professional right here. You could talk to this nurse, dentist, whoever was administering the the shot that day next to me and they were like nope nope sorry not gonna do it and no thank you yeah and of course like i'm i know why that is it's you know because of the tuskegee syphilis experiment and uh, you know henrietta Lacks and this long history of black people being abused specifically by the medical community but it was interesting to me because like also you know I, I was like digging around before I, I got on this call with you, but like, you know, San Francisco in the 1900s, I guess they had a plague outbreak and they got it in their heads that it was only Chinese Americans who were spreading the plague. So they made a law in San Francisco in 1900 that all Chinese people or people who they considered to be Chinese had to get a, some sort of like vaccine against the plague. Mm. You know, so it's not just like specifically black people that have been targeted. I mean, there's a long history of like native people being horribly abused and mistreated and either experimented on or not given treatment or not given the vaccines or medicines that would save their lives. It's also like native people and it's, it's, you know, Latinx folks. It's, it's, it's not just us who have been victimized in this way, but because I'm black, I'm like, come on, please. I will, I will give you the shot right here. You know, it was just, it was strange. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast, but truly some of the birth of even our, our medicines in this country were born from foul experiments that were, were used on Native Americans and Black people, mm -hmm. Black slaves, that like yeah. literally our technology for like OBGYNs was born from them, from one dude just doing fucked up experiments on Black women while he had them held captive as slaves. Mm -hmm. And so it's not it's not unreasonable to be like, nah, I don't trust that shit. And then even in watching the way that COVID was handled throughout this entire process, right? That like, there's obviously a bunch of things that we were just learning and discovering. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of the way the news works, we have to speak in in these definitive statements when in fact some of these things are just up in the air and we yeah. need time to figure it out. But then there's a lot of things that they like, they just made you make choices about that truly didn't need to be choices. Right. Like even being on sets, I, you know, I had right for a show, which meant that I I'm technically not, I'm not on camera, which means that they have to treat me differently than a person that's on yeah. camera in this case. And when they do, they go like, this was height of the pandemic. They were like, yo, if you need to talk to the star of the show, you need to put on goggles. Yeah. Because we're finding that COVID's actually now being spread through the eyeball. And if you ain't got on goggles, you can't go over there. They still make me wear goggles at work <laughs> yeah. when I talk to talent. And yeah. And it's nuts because the reality is now we're, you know, however many months away from that and nobody's brought up goggles once as a, a viable way of avoiding COVID or any kind of sickness. And it just was them guessing. And I get it. We should try to figure out ways to prevent this thing. But like also, God damn it, you made me look so stupid with those fucking <laughs> goggles on. And now I'll never believe you about any of the other things that you try to tell me. I mean, remember when everyone was wiping down their their groceries or packages that came in or yeah. like there was so many things because we just had so little information that we just kind of had to go with, OK, well, I guess this makes sense because the news said it. Uh, OK, yeah, but like nobody caught COVID from their groceries like that, you know. I, there was a, an article I read, uh, this is probably a year ago, year and a half ago, where they were saying that China was... They were testing for COVID via anal swabs that like if you went to the airport, you would just get your anus swabbed to see if you had COVID. And I still don't know if that's true. 
Yeah. That it it was it appeared in an article that looked like it came from somewhere reputable, but truly it could have been manipulated information or I could have just been going with what was the funniest thing to see that day. <laughs> and and I don't fucking know, but you goddamn right, I have told people that's what they're doing over there. <laughs> I'm not not irresponsible. Like, yeah, I, sure. I'm going to do the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, listen, I'm, you're human. You're allowed. I shouldn't be. And that's part of the problem. I shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to do shit. I am not a big boy. I'm a big old idiot. <laughs> so one of the other things that I, I thought was worth mentioning that I read that I, I think was actually a really helpful articulation that I had never heard before. But one of the things that that an article I read warned about is the conflation, the sort of like confusion that's being uh, the mixing up between someone who is vaccine hesitant versus someone who is an anti-vaxxer. Right. Do you know what I mean? That mm. like a lot of times we are using this very hard, definitive language about individuals who are expressing their hesitancy around vaccines and saying they are anti-vaxxers when, in fact, a lot of them are not like, yo, I wouldn't fuck with any vaccine or no, I don't believe in this stuff. It's more I'm just scared given the circumstances of this individual vaccine or or uh, given my current state in the world. That hesitancy, I think, should be treated with a little more care and grace because that, in my opinion, is how you get people to actually come all the way around to getting the shot in the long run. Yeah, fully. And I mean, I I would say that, it, you know, aside from the like, you know, a handful of black people that, you know, the older black people who outright were like, nah, fuck this, I'm not getting it, even if you're offering it to me right here and now, you know, we had people when we were filming the show last summer who were just like, no, you know, and I, I know these black people's hearts. It's not like they're being like, like you say, anti-vax, but they are being vaccine hesitant. That is probably a better way to describe Black people's relationship to the vaccine. Because even though I got it and I helped, you know, thousands of people get it, mm-hmm. I was also hesitant about it, you know? And it, it's just, it just is what it is. But I like that that phrase, hesitancy. I think it's more, yeah. it's more correct. Yeah, I think so. And even when you look at the numbers, and it's part of what makes, I, I think, the the odd propaganda game so dangerous is that part of what the, the, the targeting of Black people for this propaganda suggests is that Black people are like otherwise just refusing to get vaccinated or refusing to participate in any of this stuff. And that's just not true statistically mm-hmm. and this is you know some of that information i was trying to figure out earlier but statistically it looks like uh that that black people hover around like 57% as of between march 1st to march 7th of last march 1st of last year to march 7th of this year mm-hmm. that like 57% of black people are are tabulating that we've been vaccinated right mm-hmm. and then for white people it's coming in at at sixty-two uh, percent. Mm-hmm. It's not this massive like difference in terms of like the numbers between these communities. In fact, the only people who are really like just fully fucking committing to the vaccinations are Asian people. Mm-hmm. Asian people are like, "Fuck yeah, give me that shot! I yeah. ain't fucking around with this." Because they're all the way up at like eighty-four percent mm-hmm. of the Asian mm-hmm. community is bought into vaccines. Yeah. But it's truly like we're we're talking about the difference in in small percentages, yeah. and they're making it seem as if like yo, black people are just this impossible group to 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 get vaccinated and really the most vocally anti are white people. Right. I mean, listen, if they can if they can make something our fault, they will find a way to make it our fault, you know? Yes. But I mean, I I'm just circling back to that idea of like, you know, vaccine hesitancy because it's like there are also some underlying medical conditions which would prohibit people from getting the vaccine including but probably high on the list compared to anything else is people who are highly allergic to things like just people who yeah. have who have a history of anaphylaxis which is like a, a such a severe allergic reaction where your throat closes and you nearly die 
those are those people and and folks you you don't know if you're going to be allergic to a new vaccine or not because you know it's new I, the people who fall in that category or know people who do i i'm like yeah like it's it's i get it you know yeah but that's a yeah. it's a small population but it's still present it's still present and obviously there's a bunch of people who i i think are unfairly associating themselves with people who have real risks and real mm-hmm. fears uh for the intention of whatever like crazy shit they have going on whatever but their agenda is, is yeah and that doesn't mean you're anti as much as it is you are taking proper risk or or assessment of risk mm-hmm. before you you take it on. And I, I don't think that that's a terrible thing. Now, where I do think it starts to become complicated is what is the end goal for all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Kyrie Irving, for example, and I, I you know, I think we're all, uh, we all struggle with wherever Kyrie is at times, but sure. I do think... Part of what Kyrie was saying wasn't insane of being like, it is weird that our job is essentially asking us to take this this thing so early into the sort of like testing of the vaccine and making sure I want to make sure that it's healthy for my body, that it's not going to have like a weird reaction. While that's not the response that I personally had, I can respect someone wanting to do that kind of, uh, take that kind of care and do that kind of research. But unfortunately, I think what becomes or what often happens is people don't do any work beyond that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. You stop doing research. You're not actually trying to figure out what the the best result of it is. You're just saying, I'm going to do my research. And then you go watch Is This Cake on Netflix. Right. And and <laughs> that it ain't going to help any of us in the long run by ignoring your responsibilities. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and of course, with like Kyrie's, you know, quote on that. I mean, look. I understand why an athlete who uses their body to make their money and in his case, creating intergenerational wealth, I get it. You know what I mean? Like why he would be like, I'm not sure. But if you work at like Costco, my G, maybe get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be all right for you. You work at Target. I think you might, you, you at risk, baby. Go ahead and check into that. Yeah, I think it's worth it. And frankly, whatever poison you can afford to eat based off of your target salary, mm-hmm. you're dying either way. So go ahead, get that vaccine. Die, die a traditional route, not not the the route of uh, dying from a easily preventable virus. Yeah. Well, my goodness, this I I think we we intended on having a party, and then it turned into. Uh, it turned tough right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it got dark right right towards the end of it. But this was a fun episode, I think, overall. Madison, could you tell the people at home where they can find you, what cool shit you have going on? Obviously, it's not at Twitter, but everywhere else, maybe. <laughs> no, it's literally just at Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Madison underscore Shepherd. I would love it if you followed me. I am very limited in what I post, so I won't fuck up your your algorithm if that's your concern, you know. Um, follow me there. And, yeah, if you're in the L.A. or Southern California area, I post uh, what stand-up shows I have on my website, which is madisonshepherd.com. And um, just stay tuned. You know, bitch got stuff. Look, stuff is happening. We don't know. We're just going to mm-hmm. stay open to the possibility of what's forthcoming. So. Okay, stay open to the possibility. Follow Madison mm-hmm. at on Instagram. Nowhere else. <laughs> Nowhere else. She's banned on every other website. And you knew that going into this. <laughs> uh, and, and check out her stand-up. And as always, you can follow me at Mike Stinkerman on all platforms. I'll never leave. I'll never cower out Dang. of these spaces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, watch Bust Down. It's on Peacock. It's available. It's streaming now. It's we so cuss- funny. Thank you. It we is cuss so a funny. Lot and uh, and boy, did they make a mistake to let us. Uh, and finally, you can subscribe to the podcast. And if you wish to to send me drops or send me your thoughts, you can send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, that's it. Bye, bitch.
The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.